and welcome to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, along with my wonderful wife, Janet, and I want to wish you a happy new year. Um, today is the 2nd of January, and hopefully your new year's is starting out well. All your resolutions are are, are working well so far. Um, I, I, I'm two days in and I, my resolutions are working right now. So I did a workout this morning. That was my first resolution. So um, I'm trying to start off well. And uh, today we are going to discuss mine and Janet's passion for you guys that follow us on Health Solutions. You know that Janet and I talk hormones all day long with people all over the world, and we absolutely love it. It's a passion of ours, and um, we feel one of the reasons it's a passion is because our patients get better. They feel better. They look better, and um, we work with providers all over the nation, and we met Tanya Rainier, Dr. Tanya Rainier. She's a naturopath. We met her uh, down in Phoenix a few months, actually last month, two months ago, I guess, um, in November. And we're excited to have her on our podcast to discuss hormones. So Tanya, welcome to our show. Hi, nice to be here. <laughs> Hello. So tell us a little bit about your background and tell us about how you got into prescribing hormones. Well, I work at Natural Heart Doctor in Phoenix and love it there. Um, learning so much more about uh, treating heart disease. We've got two cardiologists on board that are just amazing um, and other naturopaths. Um, so we treat a very variety of areas because, you know, the whole body is so interconnected from the thyroid to the hormones to the adrenals, the heart, the gut, you know, just we... Uh, go in depth on our testing, and it really helps us see the big picture of our patients. Awesome. So speaking of, and Dr. Uh, Dr. Jack Wolfson is awesome. We met him. We've interviewed him on our podcast, um, Natural Heart Doctor. Um, so speaking of hormones and hearts, so let's just go ahead and get into it. Um, there is a misnomer out there that uh, hormones – uh, specifically testosterone, can cause heart attacks. I I don't want to blindside you with that question, but I'm sure you've gotten it before. So educate us about that, about testosterone and, and heart attacks. So the main thing with testosterone is you have to monitor hematocrit, hemoglobin, basically the thickness of the blood. And as long as you're keeping that in check and you're doing phlebotomy, um, that it Testosterone is very safe for hearts and basically gives people their lives back. One thing I like to say about testosterone causing heart attacks is let's just think rational about it. If high testosterone alone caused heart attacks, 19-year-old men would have heart attacks, right? Yeah. So that's one of the, the rational thoughts I, I tell men when they are, are you know, in their 50s, 60s, 70s and on, on um, testosterone and their primary care doctor told them that they might have a heart attack because testosterone can cause that. I just tell them if that's the case and how come 19 year olds men don't have heart attacks. Janet, you have a comment? I do. Um, so I think when this started happening, this, this story of causing heart attacks from my memory bank, I'm pulling that it was during the studies of testosterone for men. And really those studies that when they were coming out with the products like Androgel, um, Men of the age group that were being studied, if we looked at what they were testing and who were they were taking the results from, they may have already had underlying cardiac problems. So I think that that kind of, you know, got ran together that, that, oh, somebody had a heart attack, but 
that would be true in a normal population, but it doesn't mean that was the cause of the problem. I.e., rather, it could have been just their overall health risk. I mean, is that kind of your memory bank too? Because I I feel like that that has been that story has been out there for quite some time. I agree, and I think dosing. You know, a a lot of times people think if a little is good, a lot is better, and you know, you you never want to overdo any any good thing. Well, and, and you see that a lot with, uh, unfortunately, you know, athletes, mostly the bodybuilder, gym rats, meathead types that totally abuse testosterone and not just testosterone, but other anabolics, they get lumped into all one category. And, you know, those guys are, you know, they're having heart attacks in their thirties and forties. And, and then, you know, testosterone gets associated with, with that, but that what, what we do when we replace testosterone is we replace it to a natural level already. We don't go, you know, a little, you know, if little is good, then 20 times, 30 times, 100 times is better. We don't do it that way. We make sure their levels are where they should have been when, you know, they were producing testosterone normally, correct? Yeah. Physiological dose is, is super important. So tell us, Tanya, some labs that you check when um, a female comes into your office and what kind of labs are you checking for overall hormone health? Oh my gosh. So yeah, we're definitely checking, um, you know, all your thyroid markers, including reverse T3, um, free T3, free T4. And that is definitely overlooked by conventional medicine. Um, Definitely AM cortisol and then all the uh, other hormone markers. So SHBG is really important to know how much. A lot of people are high. I'm saying I'm seeing 50% of my patients high in SHBG, which basically binds up your um, hormones. And so you can't use them efficiently. So, you know, seeing all the different hormone parameters, the SHBG, the free testosterone, the DHT, how much you're converting to like, um, you know, more of the anger or acne producing um, androgens, you know, looking at all those. And estrogen is even important for men, you know, keeping that at 25, because that affects your sleep um, and mood. So even estrogen is important in men. So we, we look at all those things. Well, and I would say not just even is estrogen is important in men, but especially estrogen is important in men. And we see it quite often in, in, in a certain subset of patients that, that want, they want to go on, you know, testosterone and estrogen blockers. And I, you know, estrogen is really important for cardiovascular health for men, um, for, um, to maintain erections for men, for libido for men. Um, and we don't want to lower estrogen. Um, and if you have too much estrogen, because testosterone does convert to estrogen, to estradiol, if you have too much estrogen, there, there might be other underlying factors going on. You don't need an estrogen blocker to, to, to actually stop that. Um, what are your thoughts on that? No, I think estrogen is very important. If it gets too high, you know, you want to keep everything optimal. Um, you know, and, and with functional medicine that um, using lab parameters that optimize the patient rather than just sick reference ranges that labs use because they're basically taking the whole population into their reference ranges and you have a lot of sick people in those reference ranges. So as a functional medicine provider or naturopath that we're using optimal lab ranges um, for our patients. Well, I think that's what's important, and that's why it's important to work like doctor, work with doctors like yourself, who know how to inter what labs to order, 
like you mentioned, free testosterone versus just total testosterone, but also how to interpret those labs because what's normal and what's optimal is two different things and not just on testosterone or not just on estrogen, but thyroid. Talk about optimal levels of thyroid and what the gold standard is of thyroid versus how you treat thyroid. Yeah. So I like to see TSH below two. Um, I'd like to see T3, free T3 at 3.2 to 4.5. That's a functional medicine range. But even if those are optimized, if you're throwing a bunch of uh, active T3 into reverse T3, which conventional medicine doesn't even look at, then you're not getting the benefit of uh, that energy or that thyroid hormone. So very important to test. Right. And, and tell us, if you do have someone with high reverse T3, what, as a functional medicine doctor, what are some um, things that you do to help them not uh, um, convert in a T, into reverse T3? And you know what? Let's just talk about what reverse T3 is. Talk about what reverse T3 yeah. is first. So basically, um, you have T4 that the body produces, and then it's activated into T3 when the body needs it. And so that, you know, basically manages all the energy of your body, lots of different, um, you know, chemical reactions in your body. The T3 is at the active form of thyroid and gives you your energy when your body is sick. So when you're, you have a sick, you're sick with a virus or you have an underlying um, viral infection somehow, or you're under a lot of stress, the body will throw or you're being um, overdosed with T4 from conventional medicine. I see that a lot. So they're overdosed with T4. Their TSH looks great, but their body's throwing all that extra T4 into reverse T3, and they're and they're having all these um, symptoms of you know hyperthyroidism. But their TSH looks great in conventional medicine. So we actually lower the dose of T4, get that normal, and maybe add it a you know, a very small dose of T3 to help manipulate and get those, um, those labs into better parameters and making the patient feel better. And reverse T3, help me out if this is true, from what I understand, reverse T3 is actually a hormone of hibernation, a mammalian hormone of hibernation. So like when bears hibernate in the winter, they have a lot of reverse T3, which actually slows their metabolism down so they can live for three months without needing food. Is that correct? Yeah, it's like a protection mechanism. Yeah. It slows the body down. Yep. So obviously, as humans, if we have a lot of reverse T3, our metabolism is going to be really slow and we're going to feel fatigued and have all those low thyroid type symptoms. So that, again, is important, is why it's important to go to a functional medicine doctor like yourself. Janet, you had a comment? I do, because I, I get a lot of questions about what supplements should I use to help with my thyroid. And I'm very skeptical about making a recommendation without knowing all the labs and what the goals are. So I'd like you to talk about that a little bit, because I get people that are taking iodine a lot or selenium. And um, I'm just always a little uncomfortable about throwing trace minerals at somebody if they don't need them or if they do need them. So let's have that little discussion about what, how you approach that. So I actually measure um, a patient's urine random iodine. And if it is low, um, I do 
recommend iodine. So specifically, well, I first always recommend food to see if we can fix it through food. So, you know, getting the seaweed in, natural sources of iodine. If we can't uh, fix it with food, then um, I like the product Violet Iodine. It's molecular iodine. So definitely helpful for women and the thyroid. And is that going to be short term or lifelong? Because I, I got in situations where people actually had way too high of iodine because of all the supplementation that they were taking. So do you just do you check in, you know, after so long or just periodically with their thyroid um, panels? How do you do that? Initially, I like to um, do the labs every two months until we find basically a steady state that, you know, symptoms are uh, gone and the labs look good. And then once we establish that basically homeostasis, then just checking in once a year. So you don't have to stay on iodine your whole life. You know, you can just get it through your foods eventually. Sometimes the body just needs a little bump or a little help to get through and help modulate its own system. And then it can work effectively on its own. And I, I like that recommendation. I, I, you know, I think supplements are just that they're meant to supplement a good, healthy diet already. So if we can get it from real food, I much prefer that over supplementation because there's so many other things like you say in seaweed, for instance, there's not just iodine in there. There's so many other things that are in there that are not going to be in, you know, in one supplement. Yeah. As a naturopathic doctor, that's one thing that we've learned is, you know, plants are a lot smarter than we think. And so when you start taking specific constituents out of a plant, you know, you're missing out on all the other um, areas. So Dr. Yarnell, a famous um, herbalist and, he definitely recommends that whenever you're taking a specific supplement to always look at, you know, say curcumin that you always want to maybe take turmeric with it, that you want to take the natural source along with a constituent that you're, because the, the body or that plant can help modulate and communicate with your body much more effectively than just the one um, constituent. Well, I think that's the whole the, the whole problem with what we've done with big pharma and when big pharma goes in and they've found a plant that's worked for years to treat something. I, I like to use the example of white willow bark. White willow bark is one of the first plants that a big drug company bare aspirin um, isolated acetosalicylic acid. They isolated um, aspirin out of white willow bark. And they knew that Native Americans were using white willow bark to treat fevers, to treat inflammation, to treat pain, things like that. So they isolated the active ingredient out of it. Well, we don't know what we don't know. So we're just looking for this magic ingredient in there. So we say it's aspirin and acetosalicylic acid. And then all of a sudden we give people aspirin, their ears are ringing, their, their, their stomachs are bleeding. Um, they're having all these, you know, kidney side effects, all these side effects where white willow bark never caused that. Well, why? Because white willow bark has other ingredients in there that might work synergistically and also might work to decrease the side effects. We don't, we only know what we know. So we don't know what we're not looking for. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to explain, but it's actually the paradox of, of a big pharma trying to isolate an active ingredient out of a plant. Yeah, I agree that we've taken something that was given to us naturally and, you know, I don't know, 
just t- taking pieces of it, um, thinking that we're smarter than nature. Right, right. <laughs> and, and, there's, and there's example after example of, of drugs that we can use because most drugs still come from plant sources, you know, some yep. kind of natural source. But th- there's always a problem when we try to isolate that active ingredient from a plant source. Janet, do you have any comments on that? No, I think that's a great, great analogy that, you know, using something natural like food and to get our nutrients is far better than just trying to use a supplement. Cause we even have friends that, you know, they, they eat most of their, their food from, you know, uh, shakes and smoothies that they get from powder. And, and to me, you're missing out on what naturally could occur in those plants and, and, and food sources. So I like that too, in the medicine side, because I've seen people with iodine levels that were actually toxic because they were supplementing so much. And really the answer I was looking for is eventually you need to get your sources from your food source and and natural rather than taking a supplement in. So thank you for that. Cause I think that's kind of, you know, we want to do a quick fix in our society and we forget about how we, how we really um, were meant to heal. Exactly. Well, and I think it would be, pretty hard. I mean, help me out, Dr. Rainier, but I think it'd be pretty hard to eat too much seaweed to get too much iodine. Wouldn't it be? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it'd be very difficult. (laughs) And that's the whole point. You know, just like Janet was talking about real food, you know, you have, you know, you have all these, you know, all these social media influencers that talk about maximizing protein. So then what people do is they go out and they, they use all these whey proteins and shakes and protein bars. And it's like, well, look at, I, I, I got my 200 grams of protein in a day. Well, yeah, but it, it's, it's all in, it's not in real food. And there's just so much other things we get in real food that we don't get in these supplements, you know, whether it be protein or whether it be, you know, um, iodine or acetylsalicylic acid. I mean, real food, real plants, real meat. Those are the good sources that are meant to nourish our body. I agree. And, you know, I love that Dr. Wolfson has put, um, you know, different organ meats into his capsules, kickstart my heart, because that would be a natural source of organs, um, iron, copper, you know, lots of vitamins and minerals. So, you know, that is a very natural source of probably your best multivitamin out there. Yeah. Yeah. So talk a little bit about what would you consider as a functional medicine naturopath? What would you consider? I know every patient's different, but in general, what would you, for women, what would you consider uh, an optimal diet to optimize your hormones? What would you consider? Hmm. I mean, basically a plant-based diet with lean protein, fish, um, you know, basically a paleo type diet, but within as many vegetables, specifically non-starchy vegetables as possible. And what about for men? Any different for men? I mean, I think men do need more protein than women. Um, One of the most important things is the weight training. You know, it's the exercise, but getting enough protein to sustain the muscle, um, but also doing the weight training. So I'm always amazed at my patients that weight train every day. You know, their testosterone is easily in the thousand. So it definitely pays off. Yeah, it, it is amazing. You know, I've seen people go from the couch um, to eating better and, uh, strength training, and they can raise their testosterone two to 300 points just by getting off the couch. And I don't think people realize how important those things are. And some people think that, 
oh, well, the answer is I need hormones or I need testosterone or I need thyroid. And, and I'm not saying that's not a piece of the puzzle, but the reality of it is it's, it's, a, it's just a piece of the puzzle. You still need to be eating well. You still need to be active. And that includes strength training. When our bodies are sedentary, you know, testosterone is a hormone of vitality. Um, it, our body doesn't want to be vital if if we're just sitting around on the couch drinking drinking wine and eating cheetos but you start being active then your body starts you know producing more hormones because it wants you to be vital yeah i feel like making small changes moving in the right direction the body acts but you know it wants to be healthy it wants like you said be vital that small changes can exponentially you know times 10 you know, in, improve the health of the body. Since we are talking about diet, this is the question I, I get throughout, you know, the beginning of the year. And I think for um, most Americans, we are stuck on the sad diet, you know, what the government put out as far as caloric intake. So how do you approach that? Because I obviously know that, you know, I my needs are much less or different than Sean's versus even Sean's diet versus his 19-year-old son. So, you know, we can't put everybody in the box. So what's your approach to helping people with their caloric needs? I mean, when you're eating real foods, your body will tell you when you're hungry or full. So you'll find that if you look at the calories when you stick to a whole food diet, that, you know, you're getting half the calories of the sad diet just automatically. That once you get a lot of fiber in your food and protein and healthy fats, the body rebalances itself. I, I agree with you so much. I, I really, I mean, I, I sometimes will dare people. I, I, I dare them to, to eat too much real food. I mean, here's a good example. Um, you know, you know, if you, you eat four Oreos, it's a hundred calories, probably a hundred plus calories. I bet you it's probably more like 150, 200. I don't know exactly, but a medium sized apple is a hundred calories. You know what? Most people could eat 10, 12, 15 Oreos. I could, I can only eat one apple though. <laughs> I mean, if I'm super hungry, maybe two or, or steak, I dare somebody to eat too much steak. I, I dare them. I, I, you, you just can't do it. I mean, I'm a big eater and unless I'm super hungry after a long training session, I can't eat more than 12 ounces of, of steak. It just, it, it, it just, you're full, but junk food, chips, junk food, uh, donuts. I, I can, that's why I don't buy them. Cause I could eat them. You know, it'd be easy to get three, 4,000 calories in a day, easy with junk food, but with real food, very difficult. And I think it's important to, you know, like they do in Europe where you're, you drizzle your food with, you know, organic olive oil, or you start your meal with olives or some kind of nuts instead of the breads or the alcohol that we start, you know, at, our, at the restaurants, because that just makes you more hungry. You're creating more hunger. You're basically saying, yes, I want to gain weight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, <laughs> you, right. You throw some natural fats in there and it's, 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 it's satisfying. It, it has a lot of satiety. Um, yeah. And I, and I think that's one of the reasons it's important. Jen, I always stress to people, you know, eat those good things first, you know, eat your protein first. Um, 
you know, you start eating your protein first and you're not going to want a bunch of extra junk. You're just, you're just not. Um, so, you know, you eat your chicken, your fish, your steak first, and you're just not going to want to eat as much of that junk and start starchy carbs, for instance, too. You're not going to um, want as much of those. I will say for people that um, have some adrenal fatigue or HPA axis dysfunction, as they want to call it now, but they do need more carbs. They do need uh, more like resistant starches to help with that blood sugar because they don't have that uh, cortisol to help boost that blood sugar back up. So those are the people that I don't like for them to do fasting or um, decrease their carbs, starchy carbs too much, that they need more of a level blood sugar throughout the day. And that's why it's, and that's why it's so important to realize that, you know, not one diet fits everybody. And I I mean, there, and, you know, Jana, Jana probably agrees with me. I mean, there are some diets that have just become religions, you know, whether it be vegan, whether it be keto, whether it be carnivore, and you talk to those people and they say, if you, if you say anything that's, you know, bad about keto or, or you say that, oh no, carbs are good. Oh my gosh. They just hammer you. But the reality of it is you got to find out what diet works for you. And um, definitely depending on, you you know, what kind of activity you you have, or like you say, HPA, HPA, X axis dysfunction, um, you might need carbs. I know I need carbs when I ride my bike longer, obviously, because I'm burning them. Um, But, you know, when I'm not as active, then I don't need as many carbs or I don't need as much food. I think we need to be better about monitoring our activities and eating around our activities. That's what we used to do centuries ago. You know, when we hunt an animal all day long, then we'd gorge ourselves after we hunted the animal. And then maybe for two or three days, we might not have a lot of food, right? Yeah. We're all so unique in what we need. And, you know, everybody's different medical conditions um, dictate, you know, different diets or different food, using food as medicine. And that's where a naturopathic doctor or functional medicine doctor comes in is to help guide you through that. Yeah, absolutely. So, Tanya, as we wrap this podcast up, what would you say that you have a passion for? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I... I leave work sometimes and I'm just in tears and I call my husband and just say, I can't believe I'm getting paid for this. I just seeing people, the results that they get with natural medicine is, is amazing. And getting them off of pharma with um, natural heart doctor has been just a wonderful experience for me. And, um, you know, just gives me goosebumps every day with, with my job. I love it. It is. <laughs> yeah, I will getting say people that. results. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, Jan, I absolutely love what we do um, because our patients get better. And we've been in the traditional system before um, where we were, you know, doing the regular dispensing pharmacy stuff. And not, not once did we ever have a patient thank us for, oh, well, thank you for giving me that cholesterol medication or thank you for giving me that diabetes medication. That never did that happen. Um, and we get patients that thank us every day for helping them, helping them feel better. And that's very, very rewarding for what we do. Yeah, so, thank you. <laughs> so, Dr. Rainier, um, as we wrap this up, tell us the best way to get a hold of you. I'm streaming your website here. Oh, so naturalheartdoctor.com. Would be the best one, naturalheartdoctor.com? Yeah, yeah. So they have a, a great um, link that you can schedule a second opinion with me or any of the other docs there, a cardiologist um, or another naturopathic doctor. Yep. Perfect. Jenny, you have a question? I do. So um, do you do online consultations with 
your clients as well. Cause that seems we to do. be new. That's great to hear. Yeah. Great to hear. Yep. Is this the correct website right here? That's it. That's the hit right there. Natural heart doctor, Dr. Jack Wilson. We met him. That's awesome. Well, uh, Dr. Rainier, thank you for, uh, being on our podcast and for all your wisdom and knowledge. And, you know, our goal of this podcast is to, to educate and empower individuals to take charge of their own health. And you definitely help us realize that goal. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. And enjoy the sunshine in Scottsdale. <laughs> I will. I'm going for a hike. Be right thinking now. of us when it's foggy and dreary here in Washington oh, State. No. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. And you have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, listeners and viewers, thank you for tuning in to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Tune in Thursdays for our midweek podcast, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. Thank you for listening.